This is Canada HR News on December 12, 2022. I'm Elena Povereva. In today's episode, we talk about provincial employment updates. The report from the Auditor General stating that many employers that received the COVID-19 aid were ineligible for the government benefit. Canadian Employees HR wish list for 2023. Protection required for journalists working in dangerous zones and other topics. Stay with us to get the latest HR updates. We start with a labor update from Ontario. QP reports that Ontario's education workers have voted to ratify their next collective agreement with the Council of the Trustees Association and the provincial government. 76% out of 55,000 frontline QP education workers cast ballots and 73% voted yes to accept the tentative agreement that was reached by the Central Bargaining Committee on November the 20th. Some 55,000 education workers represented by QP across the province are educational assistants, early childhood educators, custodians, office workers, maintenance workers, secretaries, lunchroom supervisors, library technicians, and more. The agreement provides a flat rate wage increase of $1 per hour in each year of a four-year collective agreement, or about 14.4% compounded over four years. The union notes that this collective agreement is their first in 10 years to be freely bargained instead of forced on them with legislative interference. Tensions flared up last month after the government made the decision to impose a legislated contract and ban a strike using the notwithstanding clause. The union members had a two-day province-wide walkout that closed schools to in-person learning. The province then offered to repeal the legislation. QP called off its political protests and negotiations resumed. The Ontario government is providing over $4.7 million to Contact North, giving learners in underserved communities flexible access to innovative virtual learning and training opportunities. This investment supports 13 online learning centers equipped with extended reality technology and a laptop and internet loaner program. The centers provide a range of online training programs, including a mobile simulator that provides on-site training using XR technologies for heavy equipment operators. This virtual hands-on initiative teaches how to operate heavy equipment without any physical risk while staying in home communities. Saskatchewan's healthcare recruitment mission to the Philippines is a success. The delegation to Manila, led by the health minister, has made conditional employment offers to 128 registered nurses and one continuing care aide. The focus of the mission was in-person interviews conducted on-site by the Saskatchewan Health Authority in the Philippines. Many registered nurses underwent a pre-screening process and secured an interview before the delegation's arrival. A high number of qualified and experienced individuals were also identified as strong candidates. The recruitment mission is a part of the government's four-point plan to recruit, train, incentivize, and retain healthcare workers to stabilize and strengthen Saskatchewan's healthcare workforce. 
Alberta is considering the Police Amendment Act to establish an independent agency, the Police Review Commission, to handle complaints against the police so Albertans can have greater confidence that police are no longer investigating police. To enhance transparency and promote public trust, the proposed new act creates standardized categories of complaints against police. This would establish a consistent framework for how the new independent oversight agency manages complaints and improve the public's understanding of the process. Starting in 2018, an extensive stakeholder engagement in Alberta included meetings with about 200 organizations representing law enforcement, health and social services sectors, municipalities, indigenous organizations, and racialized and diverse communities. Almost 15,000 Albertans completed a public survey that covered several topics related to law enforcement. A survey was also sent out to the law enforcement community and about 1,500 responses were received. Tens of thousands of Canadian employers that received the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy were ineligible for the government benefit. That's according to a report from the Auditor General of Canada. The 92-page report highlights the government's success in setting up six aid programs that gave out a total of $210 billion to individuals and companies quickly in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and ensuing lockdowns. The report states that 51,049 employers received $9.87 billion in payments even though their monthly GST, HST filings did not demonstrate a sufficient revenue drop to be eligible for this subsidy. The auditor is concerned by the lack of rigor in the government's efforts to identify and recoup overpayments from the half-dozen COVID-19 aid programs audited. The report recounts a separate series of surprising SERB payments, such as $1.6 billion to individuals who appear to have quit their jobs instead of losing it due to COVID-19. 6.1 million to incarcerated recipients and 1.2 million in payments to dead people. The report is critical of the government's management of the programs and ensuing efforts to find and claw back overpayments. The auditor also discovered CRA doesn't have the data to measure the program's overall objective, getting companies to retain or rehire employees during lockdowns. But the top CRA officials said that the findings in the report are overstated, based on unreliable indicators, and are likely full of false positives, according to both a document provided by the agency to the Federal Public Accounts Committee in November and a background briefing with the National Post. Sunwind pilots are celebrating news that the company has decided to abandon its intention to use the temporary foreign worker program to boost its staffing levels. Unifor launched a public campaign after it became aware of potential safety issues stemming from hiring pilots from countries with less rigorous training requirements. The union states the company needs to invest more in training for local pilots. The airline had planned on hiring roughly 65 foreign temporary pilots this winter to operate from various Canadian gateways to alleviate worker shortage as pandemic restrictions ease and travel continues to ramp up. 
Sunwing had planned to pay the European pilots a higher rate than full-time Canadian Uniform pilots. Unifor represents 16,000 members across Canada in the aviation sector, including 550 members who work for Swissport, a contract company doing work for Sunwing in Toronto and Vancouver. With the festive season fast upon us, employees are dreaming of the holiday wish list. And the recent report from Robert Half Canada reveals that workers' number one request for the new year is to have improved work-life balance. 39% of Canadian employees want a more balanced private and professional life. This is followed by enhanced remote working options, growth opportunities, and better working culture. The report, released last week, found that the majority of Canadians are still grappling with long hours seeping into their family life. With the rising pressures of inflation and the cost-of-living crisis, employees are heading towards a mental health crisis. Leaders need to promote health-work-life balance all year round, not just when they see burnouts in their teams. It's about encouraging employees to take regular breaks and balancing out workloads, especially as the festive season draws near and the new year is on the horizon. A recent report from Vizier found that 57% of employees are more burned out now than they were at this point last year. This is worrying data indeed when you consider that January is the most popular month for job hopping. Canada ranks number 39 out of 43 countries for vacation day offering. We are tied with Costa Rica and Japan, according to a new report by CompareTheMarket.com. The report, which summarized the country's overall work-life balance, found, on average, Canadian employees receive just 10 paid days of vacation per year. By comparison, Austria, Finland, France, and Spain all offer an average of 30 days per year. Luxembourg was ranked the number one country for overall work-life balance, while Slovakia was ranked number one for maternity leave, with an average of 164 weeks of paid leave. Japan and South Korea were tied for number one for parental leave, at 54 and 52 weeks of paid leave, respectively. German employees worked the fewest hours at just 1,349 per year, followed by Denmark, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, and Norway. At the end of the spectrum, Mexican employees worked almost twice the number of hours as Germans at 2,128 per year. In May this year, we talked about the survey that suggested that Canadian journalists suffer high rates of mental health symptoms, with 69% of respondents reporting anxiety and 46% saying they struggle with depression. More than half of respondents said they had received online harassment and threats, and 35% said they had faced harassment in the field. Media workers reported patterns of drinking alcohol at rates double those of average Canadians. One in 10 respondents also reported suicidal thoughts in relation to stories covered on the job. Last week, the International Federation of Journalists reported a spike in the number of journalists killed or imprisoned during 2022. The war in Ukraine accounts for 12 media fatalities, 
It is the highest number in the 21 countries where deadly incidents were recorded. Criminal organizations in Mexico and the breakdown of law and order in Haiti have also contributed to the surge in killings. The Federation's list also shows that political repression has reared its ugly head during 2022 from China to Belarus and from Egypt to Hong Kong, Iran, Turkey and Russia, in a bid to silence media and crush protests for freedom. Journalists have been among the first victims of the crackdowns, with at least 375 journalists and media workers currently behind bars. This is a new high since two years ago, when the Federation began publishing lists of jailed journalists to mark the International Day for Human Rights. The Federation is asking the international community to take action to protect the safety and freedom of journalists. And this was Canada HR News on December 12, 2022. Please leave us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. You can also find us in Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. For more information on the topics discussed today, see the episode description and connect with us on Twitter at CADHRNews or LinkedIn at Canada HR News Podcast.